Okay, so this is the first episode of The Social Listener, um, and this is a platform for artists to speak on their art, their creative, and why their art makes the world a better place. So this is a really special episode. Our first guest is Zuri. Um, He's a sophomore at Howard. He's been making music since he was 14, and his newest release is called Memoirs of Solitude, which dropped Mm -hmm. in November. Y'all need to check it out. So, yeah, like... Like, I don't know if you want to give yourself, like, a little bit of like, an intro or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, what she said, hey guys, I'm Zuri. I'm a sophomore psychology major at Howard. I'm a Washington, D.C. native, and, yeah, I've been making music since I was 14. It's, like, my biggest passion, one of my deepest loves, so, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, let's just jump into it. Okay. So, I wanted to ask, like, what does Memoirs of Solitude mean to you, and, like, what was your motivation mm. behind, like, recording that album? That's a good question. Um, to me... It literally means like what it is. Memoirs of Solitude. It was like me and my my lonesome, my mm-hmm. pain, my struggles, my experiences. Like I just really sat down and thought about like, can I curse? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but the shit that I've been through in my life and just like I've experienced a lot. I've dealt with a lot of pain, a lot of hardships, um, mentally, physical things, and I just really sat down with it and I realized how most of my life I've spent alone, mm. and that taught me a lot. But it also was like painful, so I processed things alone. I went through like everything alone, so that's where Memoirs of Solitude came from. It's just me and my loneliness. Okay. Yeah. I definitely felt like, honest as a listener, like mm-hmm. it definitely was giving like you were like coming into yourself, like that too. And like I saw this quote, like isolation leads to transformation. So mm-hmm. like that's kind of what I was getting from that. Like, yeah, it's kind of it, it really is like that too, because I mean, ever since I dropped it, my career has been different. Mm. Ever since, like, even when I was making it, I realized, like, I had leveled up during it. I was surprising myself with, not, not surprising myself in the sense of, wow, I never thought I could do this. Cause I know what I'm capable of. Yeah. But just the fact that, like, I made something that's hitting this hard for me on a consistent basis, back to back to back, that's how I know I'm in a zone. Or, like, I'm leveling up. You can really hear the growth. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I guess since it's released, like, are you, like, working on new stuff? Or, like, re- like what are you? what's your focus right now? Always. I'm always working on new stuff. Even when, like... When I was working on Memoirs of Solitude and I was dropping singles early last year, I was still in the process of like making Memoirs of Solitude. I've been really crafting that album. I really want to say since I started making music, because that's the Whoa. type of music like I've always made, and like the artists I always wanted to be, like okay. that J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, introspective, alternative hip-hop, rap type of lane, because that's me as a person. I just didn't always put it out. But now I was like, fuck it, bro. I've been in this shit for five years. Let me just show like who yeah. I really am. So the um, earlier like iterations of it got scrapped, and this is like the final version of it. But what I'm really working on right now is um, I've been making a lot of R&B. I was supposed to drop a tape in February, but I was like, you know what? I want to give Memoirs of Solitude more of a push because it deserves that, that light. I really want to push this album and ride with it. So yeah, I'm just promoting that, performing it, still like putting it out there. And mm-hmm. my next step is to drop R&B music for a little bit. So. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I was definitely getting the alternative, like, R&B, like, alternative hip-hop vibes, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. do you know Mavi? Yes, I know who Mavi is. If yes. This was, like, I was, like, I damn, listen. like... I don't listen heavily, but I, I know. Okay, yeah, I, I really like that, because it's, like, I don't think there's a lot of artists who, like, are in that lane right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, are you definitely agree. tapping into something new. Um... You really just define your genre low-key. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, like, your inspiration, though? Like, 
not just like your inspiration for your sound, mm-hmm. but like just your inspiration for your journey, like making music, like all of that. God and life. God, life, my family. Um, I like to think of my music as it's life and life is art. So like yeah. I said, when I was crafting it, I just put my life experiences into it. So it's kind of just like also me being a humanitarian. Mm. It's like I always growing up, I found music to be like therapy for me when I was listening to my favorite artists and I didn't always have people to talk to. Hence the solitude. Mm-hmm. The music was there. The artists were there. I felt like I was talking to somebody. I had, you know, somebody I can confide in. And that's really, like, my goal as an artist is to do that for people because I know there are a lot of people out there who need that yeah, and can experience the same type of help and therapy. So I really just have a goal of, like, healing people with my music. And I feel like God, I know my purpose is to give back to people, mm-hmm. is to heal, help others. I learned that through God, and I feel like God is using me as a vessel to spread love and the peace and the healing in our community and across the world. And I chose that. I chose that avenue to be music. I love that. Like, I feel like there really is so much power in your purpose and so much power in like walking your purpose and knowing what it is. Definitely. Yeah. Changes your life around. mm Mm-hmm. It changes your life around. And then like the fact that you're using music, like because like music, like really brings out like so many emotions and thoughts within Mm -hmm. like, not only are you sharing those thoughts, but it's like that is evoking something similar within the audience. And like, that feeling yeah. like I was no there were songs I was listening to I'm like dang I'm encouraged like <laughs> literally fed up with myself man fed up with myself time. had me I was like yes like period so yeah. like what it was a time like tell me about that time it was a time bro mm. okay so I make all my music in my house in my basement that's where my room is that's where I make all my basement music basement yes. vibes like exactly. we love it exactly we just love it bro and I remember like I said I was working on this album I made fed up with myself fed up with myself probably around like May or June 2022 and I was trying to work on the album and like I was just in a like a creative blank space for days I was mad at like myself but I was just generally more upset more negative and that's not really like me yeah but it's also because like I just wasn't in a good place mentally as well so I was quite literally like just fed up with myself and I just sat down and then I, I heard the beat and I was like I've been so fed up with myself. It's like I have no thoughts because I couldn't think of shit. I couldn't come up with anything. I was just sitting there wallowing away in the darkness in my basement for days on end, bored out of my mind and upset. Okay. So, so that's just, where that came from. It was like a venting session, yeah. Yeah, and like that, like you can really see like the honesty and the transparency. Like, because mm-hmm. anger really, anger is one of those emotions that like it's so real. Like, it is. It's so pure. You yes. know what I mean? The passion is like burning. Yeah. So it's like anger. it just becomes right. Mm-hmm. Um, let's like, hmm, hmm, that up myself. Like, what was like that process? Like, just your writing process in general. Mm-hmm. Like, do you freestyle or like, do you get beats from somebody and you're like, dang, this one really hit? Like, what's it like? It's a mix. So, in terms of the beats, I usually go on YouTube mm-hmm. to search, but now, like, with the more exposure I've received, um, I've been developing more relationships. So, now, more so when I'm creating the beats come from people I know personally okay. developing networking things like that which is a blessing but as for my writing it's a mix so most of these songs on the album believe it or not are compilations of freestyles to that beat like I'll go on YouTube or like wherever I'm listening to it however I got it I'll play it over and over and over and just freestyle and just say a bunch of different things and I'll record myself like on my iPad and I might like write it down a little bit on my phone 
Mm-hmm. And then I like bridge it together. So I like might freestyle like different sections and then fill in the gaps by like writing it. That's it really so all fun. just depends, but sometimes I go back and forth. Okay. But I've been freestyling a lot more with like the shit I'm dropping and making. And I usually am a writer, so it's like, mm. yeah. Transition. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, like, this is a little bit like of a segue, but mm-hmm. I saw that you used to be in band. So, yes. I just want to. I just want to guess. Like, I just. <laughs> yes, I was a band kid. Yes. I was too. I was too. That's yeah. why I'm like, hmm. Like, did you play saxophone? No, I played the trombone. Dang, I would not have guessed. Yes, that. the trombone like... is mayonnaise an instrument for all the SpongeBob watchers out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I played the trombone. Okay. Uh, from fourth grade to twelfth grade. Whoa, y'all started in fourth. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I played bass clarinet. Mm. I started on clarinet in sixth, mm-hmm. and then bass seventh to twelfth. Damn. Yeah, fun times. It it was fun. It was fun times. It was just like the only thing about music in school is that it's very limiting because if it's not that classical shit like Beethoven and Mozart and like all them European folk dancers from like eighteen thirty four. Don't get me wrong, it's art in itself, but that's all they're really going to teach you, the classical shit, musical theory, blah, blah, blah. So it, it was like, it was a fun time, but it was like, damn, like, can we play the Avengers theme or the Star Wars theme or like, just do something fun. Just yeah. Do something yeah, but definitely I had fun, though. I had fun. Yeah. That's what's up. Um, I think, like, it's important to touch on, like, the fact that, like, I feel like art in itself and, like, the mm-hmm. concept of it is, like, very, like, oh, like white man like beethoven like he wrote this he wrote that but like hey but what's funny though they, they said beethoven might be black that's what i they, heard they said he might be black and i don't know you gotta be a nigga if you're making something that good like, like you, you can't see he was blind or was he deaf i think he, no mozart was like deaf. I, I know beethoven had some inability though he probably did like I, they was he all did. it was something but that nigga was gone damn he yeah. was doing that though yeah like, i know i Somebody was, it might, he might have been deaf. It might have, hold on, let me look this up. Like, actually, we need to find out. Is it's Mozart, or is Beethoven, was Beethoven blind or deaf? Like, we want to know. Let's, Let's see what Google says. Hmm. He was totally deaf by 44 or 45, so he was, he had hearing issues his whole life. Alright, he. He was not blind, though. He just, the hearing. Oh, the hearing. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. But yeah. White, I mean, art is usually tied to, like, white men's accomplishments. And they try to diminish our role in everything creatively as if we weren't, aren't, as if we aren't the originators. So. We really are, like, we're literally, like, humans were made in Africa. Like, you can't you tell can't, me anything different. You can't deny it. Like, you, you just can't. can't it. You just for can't. real. You just can't. Um, so what is your take on, like, you know, like, the black experience, like, obviously showing that through music and, like, mm-hmm. social commentary, like... I was listening to Miss the Memo, and, like, that kind of had, like, a little bit of social commentary, like, a lot. if you want to speak on, like, I guess, what was your motivation for that, and, like, even, like, what led you to speak on the topics that you even spoke on in that song, like, because yeah. it hit, like, it really was hitting points, yeah. I was like, yes, like. Um, first off, Miss the Memo is a song about tra- the tragedy of loss in the black community, first off. So, just l- losing the elders that I grew up with, that I really idolized, that shit mm-hmm. was, like a lot for me because death is something I'm, I hate to say like I'm used to it I've had my fair share of experience with it but ever since I was little people around me have been dying so that's where Mr. Memo came from and yeah like I said it's kind of like I like to think of that song as me calling on my ancestors because like where did my t- where did my king go literally like where did they go mm-hmm. 
And, you know, we get lost in this, like, diaspora. Um, we get separated. We get taken away from each other, whether that's through murder or through jail or, like, family moving away for whatever reason. Whatever reason. Um, some of us don't know our roots. So it's like, we're my people. Um, it was also, like you said, a song about social commentary. It's kind of like I was venting, kind of, but just making subtle hints and um, messages here and there because uh, the line about politics... I mean, I live in the nation's capital, so politics has been around me my whole life. Yeah, like we're here. And it's just like, so much shit happens where you realize they don't give a fuck about black people. So it also goes towards like our struggle, like you said, the black experience in America. Um, the college line really came from Howard. I love my HBCU, but they hit me with a ridiculous bill my freshman year Damn. after marketing me what was supposed to be a full ride. And I felt, I t- what Michael Jordan said, I took that personally. So it was like, oh. but everything's like that, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that song was like, I don't know. It was really just being black in America, bro. Being black in America. Yeah. I really think that's the importance of like, that's the importance of black creatives. Mm-hmm. Because like, we're able to make something that like speaks to people. Because like, I feel like one of the themes, you know, this is my first episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of the themes is like, really like, I feel like the social listener, it's all about like, hearing about what what's going on socially like what's literally going on on the ground that like we're not seeing so i feel like whenever i like feature artists and stuff on the show Mm -hmm. it's like i want to know like what are you like what are you doing on the ground like who which communities are you trying to touch like who are you trying to speak to you know what i mean so like that's why i was kind of asking like how does your music in that question how does your music make a difference i kind of just want to know like who are you trying to reach out to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, is it like the past version of yourself? Is it like, you know what I mean? Someone who you see yourself within? Like, mm. where, like, who are you trying to touch? <laughs> Before I answer that, can I speak on Mr. Memo a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Because something just came out of mind. Um, so, like I was saying, it's a story about, you know, black struggles and traumas in America, but also, like, how it trickles down through generation. Like, at the end of the first verse, I was talking about like, I try to sit back, take a breather, and relax a bit because I'm a workaholic. I work myself a lot because it's like, when you grow when you grow up black and around struggle and in impoverished conditions and you see so many things left and right, you're mm-hmm. just taught to go get it. And like, being black in America, you can't afford to sit down and be lazy because it's not like we have things handed down to us. So it's like, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, but then like, I try to take a break. I feel like my anxiety is going to fuck with me and that ties back to like generational traumas and struggles. And then the second verse, I was talking about like, they tell me that I'm free, but every day I'm slaving. It's like, mm. they, they try to make it seem like we're free, but every day we have to work our life away for something, and then we have to spend the rest of our days working in America. Yeah. And it's just, like, harder for us to make it being black. Um, and also just the ways they still try to keep us trapped in the system. We're not really free. You know, there's, like, mass incarceration running around. They put us in these, like, horrible conditions where we're forced to kill each other and rob each other over basic necessities and resources that they can easily provide. And it's like, I've witnessed that shit, so... That's really more so how that song's touch on the black experience. But in terms of who I'm talking to, who mm-hmm. I write for, my community, it's everybody. Okay. Okay. Primarily, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't even want to use the word primarily because it's like a mix. Mm-hmm. Like myself, especially past me and younger me, because a lot of the times like when I'm writing, I'm reflecting on shit and like what I needed to hear or what I would have liked to heard um, when I was going through that. Yeah. However long ago that was but it's also like me in the future just like putting out that good energy the growth out there but also for the listener 
whatever they're going through. And I mainly target, primarily, I guess if you want to use it, the black community because my story, a lot of my music comes from being black, what it's like, my experience. Well, like I said, I want to heal everybody, so I'm not going to limit it to just black people. Yeah. It's like, y'all are my people, it's mainly for y'all, but for any human being walking, because everybody has some different avenue of struggle, pain, and hurt, and I really just want to branch towards everybody and let everyone know you're not alone. Because mental illness and emotional struggle, all of that shit, that the intangibles, what's internal, it has no color. It has no age. That's very true. So it's for for everybody in this world. Or like, it doesn't matter who you are, but like, we kind of like narrow our scope. Definitely. Like, I guess to just who, to just people who look like us, when mm-hmm. the reality is like what you just said, like we're all human and we yeah. all felt like, we all feel the same emotions. Definitely. Like it's not going to be at the same time, but like we, yeah. whether it's like today, yesterday or five years from now, like we might be feeling like that same complexity mm-hmm. of emotions that like you're literally writing about yeah you know we all go through the spectrum yeah um so i guess like the one of the last questions i want to ask is like what's been your journey through like creating music and like you know just even empowering yourself to like have mm-hmm. shows and like believe in yourself like like how has that journey been what's been the height of your journey have you reached the height like just how do you feel about that these are some amazing questions and i'm loving every second of this interview um what has my journey been like? It's been a difficult one. Because, like I said, I've been doing this for five years. And when I was 14, I used to tell myself, oh, by the time I'm 18, I'll have made it. Mm. That was two years ago, buddy. <laughs> but it's like, it's okay. Because I have a lot of patience and I understand things like this take time. This is a hard industry. It's very flooded with a lot of people in here who want to do it to chase a quick bag. Um, there's a lot of people out here who don't have the same passion and drive as me. That's why I'm still going. But like I said, it's been a difficult journey. It's a... Uh, one that really takes a toll on your mental health. Some days I used to wake up feeling worthless, mm. horrible. That's because I put so much, like I'm so heavily attached to my music and I put so much value and emphasis and weight on it. It's like when I'm not performing as well, I'm not where I want to be. It's like, damn. Or I see another artist who's where I want to be, who's where I desire to be, where I feel like I need to be. Right. And it's not envy because I'm not a jealous person. But mm-hmm. It's just like, damn, I wish I could be there. And so it's like a, a constant battle of drive and like hunger. I gotta get it. But then some days you wake up feeling demotivated. It's like I don't want to do this shit. You're mentally on E. You're tired. So like a, it's it's a, a fluctuating journey. A lot of ups and downs. Um, That's real. It makes it difficult to determine if your social circle is genuine or not. Who's around you for the right reasons? You'll lose a lot of people on the way. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. But in the end, it's worth it. Um, have I reached the height of my journey? Fuck no. <laughs> Nowhere near. But it's like I feel myself getting closer and closer and closer. That's why I love this shit. Okay. But in terms of like the biggest thing I've done, like you said, the shows, like um, December 2nd last year, I had a triple header. Uh, performed at Urban Outfitters. Then so, I did a show at Georgetown. Then I opened up for Bo Young Prince with a couple of friends of mine at yeah. Songbird and we sold out the venue. That was like one of the yes. best. Yes. Congratulations on that. Thank you. That was extremely dope. Um, doing shows, it is something fairly recent for me. It didn't really start happening a lot, and it's frequently to like um, first semester of uh, this of my sophomore year. So mm-hmm. August twenty twenty two is when I started performing consistently a lot. So I can say with full confidence, I'm a performer now. If somebody asks me, it's like I got you right now. I can do it. <laughs> yes. It might come with a little bit of. I'm gonna charge you too much, but this is my life. Um, but, be yeah, somehow. But yeah, I used to be like, dang, no, no way I'm going to do shows. Like, who would want to see me? Who would want to listen to me? 
But now I'm doing it, and people are like, you are a great performer. I want to come and see you perform. And they come on a consistent basis. It's just like, damn. It's so surreal to me. But I love it because it makes me so happy. That's great. And, like, I feel like that's really important to know because even mm-hmm. what you said earlier about, like, you see people, like, where, you're, where you want to be and mm-hmm. you're like, dang, like, I'm not there yet. Like, I felt that same way in, like, different situations. And, like, the biggest thing, I'm a very goal-oriented person. And so, so I think the biggest thing, the first thing about being goal-oriented, it's amazing because you have that drive. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that sucks is, like, you kind of discount your successes on the way. Oh, my goal. gosh. All the time. Yeah. And all so it's, like, time. dang, like, they're somewhere. But it's, like, you're still doing something great, too. Exactly. Like, with this little podcast, I'm, like, man, like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, I'm, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, oh but it's, like, no, it. like, this is awesome. Like, we're mm-hmm. still giving each other a platform. You know what I'm saying? So Definitely. Yeah. And I also feel like we spend too much time observing and looking at other people's journeys instead of like taking a set a second to sit back and look at how far we've came and what we've accomplished. Like I've always been told comparison is a thief of joy. It definitely like, is. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is. That's why like I don't really compare myself to others often, but I noticed that like when I did, it fucked me up. It fucked me up. Yeah. And like I feel like part of that has to also do with like our general idea of success and like mm-hmm. what it even looks like like what it means to be successful mm-hmm. what it means to it's really less about success and like more about being fruitful in mm-hmm. my opinion because mm-hmm. like you can mm-hmm. be fruitful without being successful like you can yeah. literally like see what am i trying to, like you can see the I, 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 I like the other saying. side of your labor like, like what your labor yeah. is being like producing mm-hmm. like you are able to see that without being successful yes. so like I don't know. I think that's a really important, like, shift to make, like, within, like, anyone's mindset. Yeah. 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 I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Definitely. Yes. Okay. I didn't ask you this yet, but, Mm -hmm. like, what was your favorite song to record on Memoirs of Solitude? And, like, just what's your favorite song right now? Okay. So, my favorite song to record definitely was Hideaway. Because a lot of that shit happened by accident. (laughs) (laughs) On the intro, like, all the layers, the layering, the vocals, the harmonies, it was literally... An accidental kind of thing, like a spur of the moment. I just started singing, and I was like, "Oh," and then I layered it and did it again, a bunch of different times, different variations. So that was definitely the funnest to make. Um, it was an out of body experience. I was like shaking. Mm. Um, but in terms of my favorite right now, it's definitely "Kill Your Ego." Um, that song is just extremely powerful. It's my favorite to perform, my favorite to listen to. Every time I like, every time I hear it, I think it's that soulful gospel symbol that really just pulls at me emotionally. And I just love every second of it because it really makes me think and makes me reflect and like witness and realize how far I've come and where I'm going to end up. So it's like all the pain I've encountered in my life, all my experiences, the negativity, all the hurt. So it was just like all the, the horrible shit people did to me in my past. Um, all the times that people used to walk over me or like try to belittle me at the expense of like my own good because they were too prideful that their egos run them too much. Um, all of that is really working out for my good. Uh, I had to go through the bad times, the hard times, in order to be able to appreciate and even recognize the good things. So I'm just like grateful for it. It's like everything's working together. Where I'm gonna be, um, it's all part of the journey. Like I had to go through all of this to be who I'm gonna be, where I'm gonna end up. It's a beautiful thing. That's what it's like. Like mm-hmm. it really is. It really, it's like really beneficial to understand like everything that you're going through, good, bad, ugly. Like mm-hmm. it's really all for your good. And yeah. at the end of the day, that's building your character for who is building your character now for mm-hmm. what you're about to be going through in the future. Definitely. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, y'all, 
Zuri literally stuck through the whole beginning. He's like, we just went through a whole like. Like it was some fucked up shit that was happening. The equipment <laughs> then failed us. The camera shut off. The mic broke. But the it's okay. The mic bent. Like I know you can't even see the mic bent. Bent, it bent backwards. And it, we can't use this because we don't have the. Connection. And that's literally it's supposed to be two of these. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. But we're making it work because that's what you do when you have a goal and you're driven. Literally, whenever you choose to believe in yourself, Literally. the you limits don't exist. Not at all. And you're going to make ends meet one way or the other. Right? Turn them L's into well, lessons. Just, like, what she said earlier. Like, you turn them L's into learning lessons, bro. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. You never really lose. You just learn. Exactly. And on that yeah. note, on that note, yes. I think we're done. Yeah, like, we're done. this has been a great first done. episode. I'll like, be back anyway, so it's okay. Yeah, Zuri's coming back, so mm-hmm. y'all don't even have to worry about that. Um, stream memoirs of solitude. Yes. Follow him at Keep It Shot Zuri. Play this back. Play this one back. <laughs> yeah.